as women, we have so much more capacity and so much more to us than just a job title or just the title of mom. You're listening to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now with your host, Jackie Koch, the podcast with all the tips and tools to help you succeed when all of a sudden you have the realization that you're the one in charge. everyone and welcome back to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now. I'm Jackie Koch and I am here today with a guest talking all about leadership and what it means to have radical transparency in leadership. And today I'm joined with a new friend who I really hope that I get to have a lot more conversations with because it was such an amazing call and an amazing chat that I'm so excited for you to dive in. But today I am talking to Jen Spiegel. Jen is a founder and CEO of Becoming Iconic, a seven-figure global business and leadership brand that elevates entrepreneurs who desire to create a seven-figure legacy through integral leadership. She's also the host of a podcast called Becoming Iconic. And Becoming Iconic is all about the real, the raw, and the vulnerable truth about being a female entrepreneur while weaving in the practicality of what it takes to design a life and business you love. And on the show today, we dive into how you develop your own leadership style when you're an entrepreneur and you're the boss, and how to go about breaking two of the biggest molds, I guess I would say, of or the filters that a lot of us enter leadership with and what you can do to really create your own really transparent leadership. So, so excited to dig in with her and excited for you to learn from her as well. So welcome Jen to the show. Hello, Jen. I'm so excited to dig in with you today on this meaty topic. And thank you so much for giving your time and joining us on the show and sharing your wisdom with listeners. So thank you so much and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here, Jackie, and looking forward to our discussion and hopefully serving many people. Yes, absolutely. And I think this is um, leadership is such a topic that I think as an entrepreneur, you're you're trying to figure out what it even means, how to become it, and then how does it evolve as your as your business has evolved with it. So I think they're gonna get a ton of great nuggets for sure. So What I'd love to start out with is, can you share with listeners a little bit about your background and your journey to entrepreneurship? I always love hearing those entrepreneurship stories. How did it start? And just give a little bit about uh, a little background on that. Yeah, I, I love the stories of entrepreneurship as well. I think there's always such an evolution and journey to the background of getting to where we are today and many chapters. So I will do the Coles notes. Um, I went to school for public relations and marketing, and I actually specialized in fashion marketing. I thought I wanted to be a buyer and a stylist for celebrities. That was my big dream and goal, turned into wanting to create a magazine and then um, got married. That, That was just a big turn of events at a very young age. And Uh, that really led me down different paths. But I did start a career in marketing. I had a very beautiful career in marketing. I loved my job. So I wasn't one of those people who worked for a corporation and felt like I was chained to my desk. I actually thoroughly enjoyed what I did. It was quite diverse. I got to work all over the world. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, I cut you off, but I'm just like, oh, that would have been so great. (laughs) I know that that is rare. 
but I also need to to own the fact that that I was young, I was hungry, I was excited, I was willing, I didn't have children, I was single, well, engaged at that time, getting married. So life allowed me to really pour myself in and I had no boundaries or reason to have boundaries at that point. And then I had a daughter, I had a little girl. And when I had her, I had to really look at my lifestyle and did that actually support who I wanted to be as a mom. And in those years, I literally felt like you had to choose. I thought I must choose my daughter or my career because I had never witnessed in my world an example of a woman who was doing both really well and both with fulfillment. What I witnessed was women choose career and then the whispers of, oh my goodness, she chose her job over her kids. Or women choose their her kids and people whisper saying, she's at home, she's not even happy. So there was this really big tug of war I felt for women and I fell into that deeply. And so it felt like the right choice for me was to choose my daughter. And it was the right choice at that time. And then I had another child. I was a full-time stay-at-home mom. I had these two kids and I completely crumbled in terms of my own personal goals, achievements, conversation, having something to look forward to other than, you know, playing on the floor and making one meal, cleaning up, making another. And I, I love that I was present with my children and still am for the longest time. It's been 18 years now, but I really identified as women, we have so much more capacity and so much more to us than just a job title or just the title of mom. Those things are important. They play a a role in our lives, but we are so multifaceted, multi-passionate, and I felt depleted in those areas. So entrepreneurship was not something I had ever considered. I didn't know an entrepreneur. It was introduced to me just at the right time. I, I, I saw someone who was doing it and doing it well, and I didn't even know what to do or, or how to start. I, it was literal ignorance on fire. I just thought, what if? What if as a woman, I can create this business while still putting my family as a priority and meet other women and help other women. Cause this was my goal since I was a little girl. I remember being a child. I don't remember the moment in terms of where I was, but I remember the moment in terms of like a marker moment where I'll never forget where I heard you're meant to support women and build women into confidence. I, I just always knew that. And that's why I went into fashion, by the way, I thought that was going to be my way. I was going to dress women to feel more confident, just didn't come through that way. And so entrepreneurship felt like the door had opened, the the gate was open to what's possible. And I literally started and never looked back. It was, it wasn't always successful. There has been plateaus, but I can say because of who I am, it's always been this beautiful progression forward. And it's allowed me to really learn more about myself and and have this really fruitful, fulfilling life. Amazing. So how long have you, how long have you been on this entrepreneur journey now? <laughs> 18 years. Oh my yeah, gosh. 18 you years. You have so much wisdom to share. So many of us are like just getting started and it's, you know, I'm so grateful to those of you who are teaching us what not to do as well as what to do. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, no problem. And those pivots, just like I want to acknowledge anybody who's newer, pivoting is one of the most courageous, bold acts we can do because it's so comfortable. 
to say, I don't love my job, but it pays the bills and I know my hours and I know what my check's going to be. And, you know, those kind of comforts, we can feel like we're, those are like sort of holding us and pivoting and saying, I believe enough in myself and my capabilities and what's possible for me to take that courageous move. Oh my goodness. If only more people did that, I think this world would be a far better place. But I do want to acknowledge the people who do that because it's not easy. That's one of the hardest shifts and transformations to make because it is pretty vulnerable. Mm -hmm, For sure. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, And I think an area that I want to ask you about kind of related to that is when you shift into being an entrepreneur, so many things have to shift, obviously like taking a bet on there's, there's a lot of things, but I'm curious your thoughts around leadership overall, you know, like how did your views of leadership change from if you're at a company, you're at a corporate environment, you might think of leadership in one way and then you go off on your own and it kind of has to shift a little bit. Um, I would love just to start with asking like, how has your, how, how, has it changed throughout the years or like, how did you make that shift? That's such a great question and a big, it's going to be a big answer. So forgive me if I go on some small tangents, I promise I will circle it all back and bring it back together. But what I noticed in my own experience, this is not going to be for everyone, but maybe something to reflect upon is when I was in corporate and new to leadership. So I was even in a management role at one point. I, I saw myself really being in this performative persona and also very much attached to validation outside of myself. So let's talk about those two things. So performative persona was I learned how to behave around certain people to have their approval. You, you know, you're not fully being yourself. You're fitting yourself into this persona that is accepted within the company or within your team, whatever, wherever you're working. And it it can work for us. And I, we all have a performative persona to some extent. So it's not like we eradicate that. We never have that. It's the awareness of it. Where in your life, where in your career, where in your management leadership, are you performing? Are you being something other than who you really are? Then we can go into this validation piece. So in leadership, when I was working for corporations, it was like, do you approve of me? Am I doing a good job? Because my advancement depended upon people seeing me as someone who was a great leader, doing a great job, you know, really being exceptional at the skills that were required for that particular role. So, so much of my growth depended upon other people recognizing it in order to achieve. So I carried that into my entrepreneurial journey for a long time. This, you know, put on their performance to make sure people would see the best of me and accept me in order to receive validation from others to tell me, you're great, you're doing a great job. I actually am going to be really bold. I don't like using the word need, but if I'm being honest and real in this conversation, I needed that to function. I needed to know people approved of me in order to feel good about the work that I was doing. So how we transform or move away from that is a lot of healing, 
a lot of personal acknowledgement, sitting down and, and asking ourselves, where is this coming from? How can I tie this back to my upbringing, certain things that were said to me, certain situations that kind of left a mark? Where were those times where I was taught that if I do this, you know, I am a good girl or I am lovable or and all these things. So I had to do a lot of deep inner work. And through that, I learned how to give myself validation. And this is the superpower in leadership. This is what I love to teach is like that personal responsibility, being able to look in the mirror and be really proud of what you see looking back at you without ever requiring someone to tell you your worth, your value, whether you're doing a good or good, good or not good job. I mean, entrepreneurship, so much of our success that's seen outside is what we're doing when nobody's looking. So if we're not giving ourselves that validation, we're not constantly owning our worth. I mean, we were born worthy, like we're worthy upon arrival. That's our birthright. That's not if I have this title, then I'll be worthy. If I make this income, then I'll feel worthy. That's not how this works. And so when you understand that and flip it on its head, that's when all of a sudden you develop a posture of leadership and where people actually want to be around you and are magnetized towards you because a personal power in a woman specifically, it has um, an essence. It has this like palpable energy that other women just think, ooh, because we all, every woman, there's, I don't believe any exception to this rule. We all want to feel comfortable in our own skin, proud of who we are, worthy enough. Like we're contributing to the world, like we're being our best selves. And so when you are the example of that, it's incredible what happens in your world and for those around you. Wow. I have so many questions. So first I've never, wow. Okay. First, I've never had somebody put into words it so well of there's kind of, there's two things that at, are at play when you you become a your own entrepreneur or thinking about leadership in general. It's like there's the performance and then the validation and they both are separate, but working together mm -hmm. to continue to like validate the other, yeah, you know? Absolutely. And I think like with the the performance, like as an entrepreneur, you typically become an entrepreneur with two kind of backgrounds. One, you've worked in a corporate environment or at a company before, or you never have. And so if you never have, then you your first instinct isn't go like to create the version of a boss like from scratch, like if I could, what, what's the best version of a boss to me, right? You go and you read books, you watch shows. So you get the, you, the devil wears Prada. Like you get these ideas of what it means to be a boss. So then you perform and you like put on this, okay, well, this is what a boss does. So I have to look like I know what I'm doing. And like, it's a different kind of a performance, but still tied to the same thing. Um, and I just, that's what came up for me when you were sharing that. It's like, yeah, that is exactly what people do. Um, do you see that in your coaching with clients that they kind of have one of those two viewpoints on what it is like to be a boss? Absolutely. It's probably one of the biggest breakthroughs I have with all of my partnerships because we, none of us are immune to this. It's been taught. We're witnessing it. We've been told, whether it's your, your upbringing or certain things that you have experienced in your corporate career, 
I recently was just talking to a client who has a very prestigious job at a financial institution and is currently being bombarded with bullying from her male counterparts that she's making the same income that they are. And she has this clout and leadership that they do. And they're very vocal and obvious about the fact that she's a woman and should not be making what they're making. I was flabbergasted, first of all, that that still exists. I I guess I want to believe we live in a world that's far more expanded than that at this point. But I said to her, and I would say to anybody listening in, we I'm going to talk specifically to women. And if there's men listening, I think this is a really important thing for them to realize and support us in. So this is important information for them too. But I'm going to speak to the women. We have never in the history of the world, of the universe, in all of time, lived in such an opportune time for us. Never. It's never... We've never had women making the kind of income that we're making. We've never had this much opportunity. We've never played with our capacity the way we are now. You know, I'm a mom of four. I run three companies. I have an exceptional marriage. I'm a daughter. I'm a friend. You know, there's so many facets to who I am. Years ago, I would have thought there's no way a a, a mom or a woman can do all those things and do all those things well. We have to choose. We have to sacrifice something in order to be good at something. I want us to eradicate sacrificial living. I want us to really be diligent about pulling that apart and seeing what we're capable of. We have a big responsibility. And right now, we're not doing everything well, and we need to own that. Because of this expansion, because of the opportunity we have, because of the wealth we're holding, because of the voices we're now using and being heard and seen and felt, we're doing, we're doing a great job. Let's continue that. Let's continue to own who we are and share who we are. However, I do want to hold us accountable to doing this in a way that edifies the future generations that we can look back and say, like I can say to my daughters, I didn't always do this well. This is what I learned, but here's what I can tell you. And we kind of pass that torch. And so as I was talking to that client the other day, I said that to her, I said, this is an opportunity for you. And this is stretching you. And you're literally cutting and untethering ties to generational things. You, you've been put in this position for a reason. How do you want to remember yourself in this? That's a really important question. So you kind of plop yourself five years from now, looking back at this situation you're currently in, how do you want to remember yourself? How do you want to behave? How do you want to hold yourself? How do you want to lead yourself And so that when you look back, you're like, wow, I'm really proud of myself. Not perfect. It's never going to be perfect, but that you're proud versus letting this beat you down. Who do you get to be today? And that's something I I really want to share with women. There's a responsibility right now that we all hold. And it's important that we, we lift our chins up and roll our shoulders back and be open and vulnerable to not always being perfect, especially in leadership. We're going to make mistakes, but how open and transparent can you be around those mistakes? Can you say, you know what? That wasn't my best judgment, or I don't love the way I spoke to you yesterday, or I'm feeling triggered by this currently, and this is my own business. I need to work through this, but I want to be open about this and want to have dialogue around this. That's our superpower as women, our ability to be compassionate 
and non-judgmental and open and see people and care for people. This is our superpower. So let's use that and utilize that so that the world's being changed. Totally. And give permission to anyone who's in a leadership role that you can say the sentences that Jen just said at work. I think like we grew up in a world where you didn't say those things at work. It was very, it was very, um, you know, cold and work stayed at work and feelings didn't get involved and it was just transactional. And like you have, imagine what work would be like if you just treated it like a normal, I, I always hesitate to say normal relationship because obviously there's things you can't do, but if you could start to have those real honest sentences come out of your mouth, like how would that change for your team? And it's just like preach because you can be a human at work. You don't have to be a robot. And so many people are just being robot managers. For fear that if they're exposed, someone's going to think less of them or they're going to lose their authority. And I wonder if we looked at everybody, no matter what their title position, whether in a corporation or if you're an entrepreneur and hold a team, so it doesn't this goes to both sides. And we looked at each of those people and thought, we're in partnership. So the more I give to you and the more you give to me, the more honest and real we are with one another, what could be possible? Because I don't think anybody's expecting any of us to be perfect. I think what people are expecting of us is to be seen, loved, acknowledged, celebrated. And so to do that for others, we've got to be able to do that for ourselves first. We've got to. And if this is something that makes you uncomfortable, you're listening to this and going, oh, that sounds really cute and sweet, but not for me. That's This is a mere moment because if this is triggering, there's an area of growth here that is probably essential to the growth of you and the involvement of you, but we have got to be more open with one another. We are human beings here to have a human experience together. And when you take away your title, who are you? And if your whole identity is lived upon an executive or VP or seven figure earner, and those that's your identity and that's taken away or stripped away for whatever reason, How are you going to be remembered? Who have you impacted? What have you contributed? What kind of person are you? And are you in fact happy? Why are we doing what we're doing? I say that to my clients all the time. Why are you doing this? Why do you want to be an entrepreneur? We don't ask those questions often. And it's really important to understand why we're doing certain things. And when you can answer the why behind the purpose or what you feel your purpose is, that's when all of a sudden I feel like we soften and we realize this isn't about ever been about perfection or looking a certain way. This has always been about how can I create a ripple effect while I'm here. And for some people, it might be easier to start this at work than in their personal life and vice versa. But imagine the ripple effect. Like, you know, if you're, once you start, being cultivating more meaningful, transparent relationships, it spills into every other aspect, right? Like I happen to have started in my personal life. And then I started working at Lululemon where this type of, you know, conversation and transparency lived at work. And I was like, oh, this can happen at work. 
And then it just like started this ripple effect. And so imagine what it would be like if you started at work as a boss and then it like you started doing it at home with your spouse and your kids. And then the people you work with started having more meaningful relationships with the people in their personal lives. It just would – it's really a – I know it might sound a little – you know, too too good to be true. But I do think it can have an amazing ripple effect across everything, not just work. Um, 100%. I love this stuff so much. So as if you're listening to this, and if, if listeners are listening to our conversation right now and they're like, okay, like how do I start becoming more of a leader like this? Like what tips – Or what advice would you give them on where to start even dipping their toes into more of this radical transparency leadership that Mm, that we've just Such a good question. That was actually coming up for me. I thought there's a couple things I want to touch on so that we don't go and swing the pendulum too far the other way. So if this pendulum swung where we're very closed and cold and turned off, We also don't want to swing the pendulum so far that we're like this open book and lines start to be crossed and we're not sort of holding the space as a leader. So what's that happy medium? Someone will have to play with that and find out what that is. But there's a couple things that come up for me. Number one is learning that boundaries are not something that is holding people away or putting you up on a pedestal. Boundaries get to be those things of what is correct for me. What are values of mine? What holds my energy? How far do I want to go? What feels comfortable? What what doesn't? Playing with boundaries is a really important thing. And and I, I have to really hone this in and, and be really strong about this because I think boundaries has become this way of almost creating like this elite status or pedestaling ourselves, like I am not available to you or like this whole, I don't know, it's like a pedestal. It it, it kind of irks me. Boundaries are made to keep us safe. And that's the second thing I want to lean into. So like this level of safety, where do I feel like I can hold myself and hold another person and create this synergy? But I know if it goes to this line or it crosses this line, I'm going to reel it back, you know, in order to keep things safe. Because I think safety really is what starts to happen through vulnerability and personal responsibility and leadership, because we have to feel safe. We also have to create a safe space for other people, especially, I mean, you would know this coming from HR. I mean, this is really important in that particular role, especially. So how do you define safety? Well, the next tactical step, when you start to learn what boundaries feel correct and right for me in my relationships, whether at home or at work, where do I know that once it goes here, I get really uncomfortable or I don't like it. Once you start to to learn that, and that will be an, an evolution too, they'll probably shift and be need to be refined constantly, but start. And then it's what keeps me feeling safe. Personal responsibility, personal leadership is really identifying with ourselves and knowing our nervous system, knowing our energy, knowing what fills our cup, knowing what depletes our cup. And what I think is interesting in leadership is we have a lot of introverts in leadership, myself being one. I am highly introverted. So I don't get my energy from people. 
And people would say, you're in the people business. What do you mean? Like you don't like people? It has nothing to do with my affection for people. I love people. But when I'm with people, I give so much. I hold so much space that after those meetings, after I've been mentoring or coaching or guiding, I, I, I have to have time to fill my cup and that's by being alone. So learning to identify ways that you can hold yourself accountable to your own leadership and knowing yourself deeply, knowing those gaps and not being afraid to own them. So we don't have to be a master of everything. It means what am I really good at? What do I want to learn? Where, where could I you know, do some education or skill honing in order to build that expertise up? And what are some of those things I can delegate and just say, I'm not great at that. So I know someone who is. This is leadership. This is personal leadership. How you lead yourself will be exactly how you lead others. And don't be fooled. I mean, this performative persona can come in where we show up at work and we look like we got it all together and you know, we look so confident, but inside we're crumbling. And we're not crumbling all the time because of our job. We're not crumbling all the time because of the people we're working with. We can easily project that and point to that. Most of the time we have that crumbling feeling because we're not caring for ourselves effectively. We're not doing that inner work. We're not spending time like looking at the things we're doing and does this fit and how can I do this better? This, this ability to acknowledge ourselves is is that heightened rare air of leadership that most people don't go to, it's all surface. The greatest leaders I know are the ones who admit their wrongs, own the parts that are not their zone of genius, share their process, their journey, and humanize themselves that people relate and connect because that's ultimately what we're all here to have from one another. Totally. And it sounds like it's a, it's some like starting with some self-discovery too. You know, you may be listening to the show and, you know, you and I have probably done a lot of the self-discovery assessments and work and figuring out a lot of the unique ways that I work best and you work best. And so I think self-discovery is always a great place to start. And then testing, once you know those things, then you can like test the boundaries and, and do all of those additional things that you've just shared, which is so important. And I always say, you know, there's there's different levels of leadership. And there's the first, which is, you know, leading yourself. That is the foundation of leadership. And that's always going to be a work in progress. You are never going to have it mastered. Would yeah. you agree? <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I'm going to play off something you just said, if you don't mind. It's just something I've learned in my, my more recent years. I used to do these character tests and personality tests, and I, I loved them. You know, it was like going back to the cosmopolitan days where they had those quizzes inside the magazine and they would tell you like who you are. I believe we have been accustomed to fitting into boxes. Like this is who I am. This is where I work. This is who I like to spend time with. We, we are so used to boxing ourselves. And let's be careful around some of these tools that could certainly help you see yourself and understand yourself more clearly, but that we're not boxing ourselves once again. 
So things like the Enneagram come up for me or the color test. I mean, there's a variety of them. I think these are great reflection points and things that can sort of open you up to like, oh, wow, I am like that. But let's be careful. We don't say, I'm a number three and I'm an achiever. So this is how I am or how I behave and be very careful with leadership that we're not boxing others and saying, oh, you're a this, that's why you're like this. We are so layered, (laughs) aren't we? And who I was two days ago is not who I am today, especially if you're someone on a personal growth journey. Uh, You know, our goal, my goal every morning that my prayer has been for years, as long as I can remember is let me be better today than who I was yesterday in some way, shape, or form. Maybe that is moving my body in a different way. Maybe that is drinking more water. Maybe that is connecting to someone who makes me feel uncomfortable. Maybe that is looking deep in my husband's eyes and having a meaningful conversation. It doesn't have to mean everything is better, but somehow I've moved the pendulum towards this higher self, the person I'm becoming. And this is why I opened up Becoming Iconic. It was for people to be on that journey of pursuing the best version of themselves. And so if you are starting, you're likely starting with those quizzes and those personality tests that kind of feels like the seed to personal growth, but also just be mindful that you're not boxing yourself once again and saying, this is who I am. Who you are is a constant evolution and it should be. Yeah, you're so right. And it's so, I love that you brought up, you know, not boxing your team members into that too, because it is easy to do. Um, and once you have, it is hard to stay objective. (laughs) Once you, once you, once you learn something about someone, it can be a crutch and it can also be like this amazing discovery. Um, and so I love that you bring that up. Um, well, I guess as we're wrapping up, can you share a little bit more about, be iconic and and what that is and and how you know listeners can follow and and learn yeah, thank more you from for that you. I appreciate that opportunity so becoming iconic was born in um 2020 and it came from holding a person Yeah. What a year. Who knew? Um, But I feel like it was divine intervention because I had built a huge personal brand and it felt like I was moving away from a personal brand into actually creating an enterprise into a company. And so I made that bold move before who knew all what was going to happen. I had no idea. I was in California and Laguna Beach looking over the ocean and it all felt correct. And that was the spark. And I came home and, and the rest is history. But my, the spark, what I knew I wanted to create was a home, a house for people to come in and kind of pick a room to feel at home wherever they felt comfortable. And so that took the form of mentorship. So I definitely love mentorship. It's one of my favorite things to do. I love working with people specifically women, and really cultivating personal power, really holding big vision and being that person that gets to kind of like nudge them onto the skinny branch to see and believe in themselves enough to take courageous action. So I love that. So I definitely love mentorship, but I also knew there was more. And I knew that especially newer entrepreneurs they're learning so much all at the same time. They're learning marketing, they're learning sales, they're learning promotion, they're learning public relations, they're learning business, they're learning automation. I mean, there's so much. I remember 18 years ago, just being like, oh my gosh. 
we have a lot of resources now, but I thought, what if I also could have a home where they could come in and maybe it's mentorship or maybe right now they just want support in starting. So I have a team as a part of our agency who supports entrepreneurs, whether they're baby little new entrepreneurs or seven multi seven figure entrepreneurs. We really do support everybody in podcasting, in backend, in virtual assisting, in business management, whatever that may be, marketing, branding, et cetera. And then I do have this podcast, Becoming Iconic, which was launched in January of 2020 alongside of building this, you know, sort of declaring this company. And it has been one of the extraordinary things in my life. I I, I love it. I had a public speaking career prior to 2020 and that was one of those divine interventions. I thought I'll start a podcast. Thank God I did because I wasn't on stages speaking in front of people. And I do have a magazine. This is something I maybe like to offer your community. I think it would be really neat. It's a magazine built around the moguls in entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship, not just strictly like the online influencer type of entrepreneurs. We have brick and mortar. We have creatives. We have financial and wealth builders. There's a very diverse group of people that contribute every month. And it is such a beautiful resource and it's free digitally, or you can subscribe and have it delivered to your front door. But I think, well, I know it's a great resource for people who are looking and wanting to sort of open the curtain to something more. Amazing. Well, I'm definitely subscribing to that um, because you get – it's just so inspiring and, and it's just content. You learn – when you're having moments of self-doubt and you read about somebody who's done it, you're like, okay, I can too. And so it's always so amazing to not only learn from it but just to keep you re-inspired on this entrepreneurship journey. So um, that's amazing. And kudos to you for finding a way to make all of your – goals for when you first started out in your career or reality. Like that is wild. <laughs> well, I'm never short of ideas. That's the truth. I love creating. My artistic expression isn't through drawing because that is just not, not my talent. My creative expression, my artistry in life is the creation of things to contribute to the world through business and through leadership. And I absolutely love it. And that I hope, and I, I, I believe I am because I have a lot of people come into my DM saying, thank you for showing me that I don't have to pick and choose. Thank you for showing me that I actually can have different passions and can bring them together. Thank you for showing me that we've never arrived. It's not this destination we're all trying to climb to. Remember when I hit seven figures and you know everybody's like, how do you feel? It's like the, the same as yesterday, different. I mean, there's a difference. Like there's, of course, that that you've reached that new level of, and standard, but it's, it's the same thing, bigger responsibility. And I remember that being a very eye-opening experience for me. So I, I want to continue being a, a real life example of what's possible. Well, Jen, I'm so grateful I got to meet you and connect with you. Thank you for coming on the show. Listeners, follow her get the magazine. Like you have so much knowledge to share. Um, and, and you should definitely follow Jen. So thank you again so much for being on the show. Hopefully we can continue into other conversations as our relationship continues to build too. Cause I feel like we could have so many meaty, meaty convos. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Jackie. Thank you. All right. Listeners, we'll talk again soon. Thanks for tuning in.
If you're not driving, stop and take a moment to share this episode with someone who you thought about while listening. Share it with your team to show them you're committed to their growth. Share it with a fellow business owner in your network who you know will be moved by the message. Heck, share it with your mother, your brother, your sister, or your cousin. Your support in growing the show means the world to me. 